If you would please turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. Daniel, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> Each week I hope that you uh, read the chapter in advance. Um, they're fairly lengthy, so I try not to... I don't read the whole chapter during our scripture reading time, but I would encourage you every week to read chapter at least once, perhaps several times. Next Sunday we'll be in chapter 5, so this week read chapter 5, and next the week after that, chapter 6. I think you get the idea. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 4, we're going to read verses 28 through 37. And as I read it, I will remind you that this is the Word of God. All this happened to Nebuchadnezzar, the king. Twelve months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built as a royal residence um, by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? And while the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you and you will be driven away from mankind and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You'll be given grass to eat like cattle and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is the ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. Immediately the word concerning Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilned. And he was driven away from mankind and began to eating grass like cattle and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. But... At the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven and my reason returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever for his dominion is an everlasting dominion and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, but he does according to his will. In the host of heaven... And among the inhabitants of the earth, and no one can ward off his hand or say to him, What have you done? At that time, my reason returned to me, and my majesty and splendor and were restored to me for the glory of my kingdom. And my counselors and my nobles began seeking me out. So I was reestablished in my sovereignty, and surpassing greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the king of heaven. For all his works are true and his ways are just and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. Let's pray. Father, we have seen as we've been looking through this book of Daniel the last four Sundays that uh, there is a reoccurring uh, theme and that is pride. Pride. Uh, we'll see in later chapters that it wasn't just Nebuchadnezzar who had a problem with pride. 
Pride is never presented in the Bible as a good thing. Pride makes presumptions about how we got what we got and what we have and how it got there. Uh, pride puts the credit on ourselves. Lord, the human heart uh, um, struggles with pride. It's the human condition. It's not to be encouraged or applauded. Pride cometh before destruction and a haughty spirit before the fall. And Lord, that is demonstrated in our story this morning. Destruction, a fall. Open our eyes, our hearts, our minds to your word. We thank you for giving it to us. Um, Lord, we pray that uh, you would use it to, uh, uh, to guide us this morning. Amen. Daniel chapter 4 is one of the most unique chapters in all of Scripture. First, it was originally written in neither Hebrew or Greek. It was written uh, in Aramaic. Out of the 1,189 chapters in the Bible, less than 10 are in anything other than Hebrew or Greek. And, and some of those 10, it's just small, very small portions are in Aramaic. Secondly, it was not written by Daniel or anybody else of Jewish descent. It was written by one of the most well-known kings in history, Nebuchadnezzar. It is a legal document inserted into the book. One way to look at it is it's his sworn testimony. It's his sworn testimony. Now, why would God allow this written testimony of a Gentile ruler into the Holy Scriptures? Well, it has to do with what the great Nebuchadnezzar learned the hard way. This lesson is summarized in three verses. Look at chapter 4, the last part of verse 17. That the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes. Look at verse 25, the last part. The Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and he bestows it on whom he wishes. And then the last part of verse 32. The Most High is the ruler of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. So the king confesses that he learned a hard lesson. He confesses that God was greater than he was. God was greater than he was. Look at chapter, 30, uh, chapter 4, verse 37. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of heaven. For all his works are true, and his ways just, and he is able to humble those who walk in pride. The king learned his lesson the hard way. God humbles the proud. James chapter 4 verse 6 tells us, Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. One other thing about chapter 4 that's unique is that 
Nebuchadnezzar is the only character that appears in all four of these chapters. Um, the three Hebrew children are not in chapter 4, and Daniel was not in chapter 3, but Nebuchadnezzar was in all, all four of these uh, chapters. And even after all he went through, up to this point at least, he doesn't seem to have learned his lesson. He doesn't seem to have become a true believer. Now he, he, he he's, he, he's uh, making progress, so to speak, but uh, he, he keeps, his pride keeps him from truly accepting what God has been uh, trying to uh, show him. Look at chapter 2, verse 46. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face and did homage to Daniel and gave orders to present to him a, an offering and a fragrant uh, incense. And the king answered Daniel and said, Surely your God is a God of gods and a Lord of lords who is a revealer of mysteries since you have been able to reveal this mystery. So here he seems to you know, acknowledge Daniel's God as the God of gods and the Lord of kings. And, and you know, we want to say, well, that, that, that's a statement of faith. He, he's had a, a conversion experience, but he hasn't because we come to chapter 3, verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, the height of which was 60 cubits, and the width 6 cubits. They set up in the plain of Dora in the providence of Babylon. And as you heard last week, he demands that you worship it. So he sets up an idol. He sets up a false god. So here on one hand, he says, the God of Daniel is the God of God and the King of Kings. And then he makes an idol and calls everybody to worship it. You look at uh, chapter 3, verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the furnace of blazing fire, and he responded and said, Shagrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out. You servants of the Most High God, uh, come here. Look at verse um, 28. Nebuchadnezzar responded and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, um, Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who put their trust in him, violating the king's commands and yielded up their bodies. Now notice, so as not to serve or worship any god except their own god. So again, he, he, he gives some uh, head knowledge to the Most High God, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God of Daniel. But yet, he turns right around, you go to chapter 4, verse 8. But finally Daniel came in before me, whose name was Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, the pagan gods, whom I, uh, in whom is a spirit of the holy gods, and I related the dream to him. So I'm going to say, up to this point, he's not a true believer. Um, God in his grace has revealed himself to him, uh, has proven his existence, has proven uh, his superiority, and although Nebuchadnezzar uh, acknowledges that, he's still not a believer. So God, in his grace, gives him one more warning. One more warning. Uh, look at verse 27. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Now this is the... the after hearing the dream and giving him the interpretation... 
Here is Daniel's advice. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. So after all that, he's still in his sin. He is still abusing his power. He is still glorying in his uh, uh, authority. Repentance was his only hope. He needs to repent. He needs to confess his pride. He needs to turn from his self-trust to trust in the real God. Well, he learns a lesson. We saw it, that God is great. Our God is great. And we're going to walk through this chapter and learn that lesson with him. First of all, our God is great in his wonders. Our God is great in his wonders. Look at chapter 4, verse uh, 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of all kings, nations, and men of every language that live on the earth, may your peace abound. So he is addressing not just the people in Babylon. He's addressing his whole kingdom, which at that time was in the known world uh, um, in power. It's, it has seemed good to me to declare the signs and wonders which, are, which the Most High God has done for me. Notice the word wonders. How great are his signs and how, men, how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, his dominion from, from generation to generation. So this is an introduction to his sworn testimony. He is, he is about to give his story um, and he wants it told in every language among all the peoples, all the nations. Uh, he wants them to know what he has learned. And he's learned in his preface here that God is great in his wonders. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar, who lived about 600 years before Jesus, knew about greatness. Few monarchs in history have reached the heights of power and glory that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon attained. Far fewer have achieved the remarkable building success that he demonstrated in reconstructing ancient Babylon. Look at verse 30. The king reflected and said, Is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself has built as a royal residence by the might of my, my power and the glory of my majesty? Even to this day, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon is considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. These were gardens that Nebuchadnezzar built for his homesick wife. In the British Museum, there are six columns of writing recovered from Babylon, which describe the huge building projects of Nebuchadnezzar and his zeal to enlarge and beautify the city. Most of the bricks found in the excavations of Babylon carry this stamp, Nebuchadnezzar, King but he came to realize that his wonders did not compare to God's. His wonders did not compare to God's. It was at the pinnacle of his success that God sent him a warning. Amazingly, a warning that he ignored for 12 months. Verse 29. 12 months later, he was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon. So he has this, these visions. He has this dream. Once again, his magicians, his sorcerers, um, the Chaldeans, his astro astrologers, they, they don't know what it means. 
Once again, he calls Daniel. Can you tell me what this means? Daniel's honest. He said, well, I can, but I don't want to. Uh, I wish this dream applied to your enemies. But um, God's going to chop you down. God's going to drive you mad. Um, please take my advice and, and stop what you're doing. And did he take his advice? No, he ignored it. In fact, it seems like he almost forgot it. Forgot the dream. Um, so, as God had said, for seven years, he, he lived off the land. He existed more like an animal than a human being. Look at verse 32. And you will be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place will be with the beasts of the field. You will be given grass to eat like cattle, and seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whomever he wishes. That seven periods of time, we think, is seven years. Now, when this event occurs and is concluded, this is when Nebuchadnezzar gives his uh, testimony. Secondly, our God is great in his warnings. Our God is great in his warnings. This was a, this was a warning to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom stretched from present-day Iraq to present-day Syria and Turkey and Israel and all the way uh, down to the Nile River in Egypt. He should have had no worries. He had no rivals. At this point, he had no threats. He should have had no worries. But once again, his dreams worried him. Verse 5. I saw a dream and it made me fearful. And these fantasies as I lay on my bed and the visions of my mind kept alarming me. God was trying to get his attention. It is grace. God is warning a pagan king. He even gave him Daniel to interpret it for him. Now, look at verse 6. So I gave order to bring in my presence the wise men of Babylon, that they might make known to me the interpretation of the dreams. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, the diviners came, and, re and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom the Spirit is the Spirit of the Holy Gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belshazzar, king of, uh, chief of the musician, uh, magicians, since... I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery baffles you. Tell me the vision of, uh, of my dream that I have seen along with its interpretations. Now these are the visions of my mind as I lay on my bed and I was looking behold there was a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great and its tree was large and became strong and its height reached the sky. It was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant and it was food for all. And the beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all the living creatures fed themselves from it. And as I was looking at my visions and my mind, as I lay on my bed, behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. And he shouted and spoke as follows, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Strip it of its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beast flee from under, the, from under it and the birds from its, its, its branches. Yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground but with a band of iron and bronze around it and the new grass of the field. Let him, notice this, it went from a tree 
to a person. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. And let him share with the beast and the grass of the earth. And let his mind be changed from, from that of a man. Uh, and let a beast mind be given him. And let seven periods of time pass over him. A God is great in his warnings. This dream is a warning. Repent. Renounce your pride. Humble yourself before God. If you don't, we'll find the third thing. Our God is great in his wrath. Our God is great in his wrath. He repeatedly had warned Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar said he learned his lesson and then turned right around and continued in his unbelief. So after the repeated warnings, God poured out his wrath. He drove him mad. He lived like an ox in the field. No one, no matter how big, can escape having to answer for his or her sins. Verse 31. While the word was in the king's mouth, a voice came from heaven saying, King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is declared, sovereignty has been removed from you. Now, what he means there by that sovereignty has been removed from him is means he's no longer even in charge of his own self. Forget the kingdom. He's going to live out in the, the, the field and eat grass. And live like a cow. Uh, he won't even have sovereign over his own mind. Sovereignty over his own mind, his own thinking. What he eats, where he goes, what he wears. For seven years, he, he's insane. Because he wouldn't heed the warning, he received the wrath. Now, by the way, Jesus bore our wrath for us. Yes, all sins will be accounted for. All sins will be answerable to God. But Jesus answered for us. No matter how big a person, how important, how powerful, sin must be judged. And either we will suffer that judgment or our substitute will. And Jesus Christ is our substitute. Lastly, our God is great in his ways. Our God is great in his ways. Verse 34. But at the end of that period, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praise and honor him who lives forever. For seven years, Nebuchadnezzar lived like a wild animal. There, there is actually a, a psychological disorder. If you Google it, you'll find it. I did. It's called boanthropy. Bo for bovine, anthropy for man. Okay. It's a psychological disorder when a person thinks that he or she is an ox or a cow. So, again, this, this is a real psychological disorder. This isn't fantasy. Um, you can look it up. It, it's very rare, but it does exist. Um, but that's what happened. Um, compared to God's sovereignty, Nebuchadnezzar's sovereignty was like that of a cow. 
I mean, that's the, that's the visual here. Here's the greatest king on earth, one of the greatest kings in history. He rules over royal Babylon. His, 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 his kingdom has expanded. It, it, it controls a vast amount of the known world. He's the most powerful man in the world. But that sovereignty compared to God's is like the sovereignty a cow has. Now, to show that God's sovereign, God allowed him to stay in power when Nebuchadnezzar could do nothing for himself. God finally restored his sanity and immediately Nebuchadnezzar began to praise God. To whom or to what shall we compare so great a Lord? He has no limits. He has no match, no rival, no comparisons can ever approach his likeness or his being. We only remember King Louis XIV of France because of his furniture style. But he should have been preferred, but he would have preferred to have been remembered as Louis the Great. He died in 1717, and he had previously arranged for his coffin to be brought into the great cathedral of Notre Dame. He wanted all the candles to be extinguished except the one right on top of his coffin. To mark this occasion, he had asked the court preacher, Massillon, to give a funeral oration. As Maslin mounted the stairs to the high pulpit, it seemed as if all was not right. So he descended the stairs and blew out the remaining candle over Louis's casket, only to remount the, remount the pulpit and announce twice in French, only God is great. Only God is great. Believe the testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar that he shared this morning. Only God is great. Let's pray. How great is our God. Now Nebuchadnezzar learned the hard way. We'll see in the next chapter. Belshazzar learned the hard way. Babylon was just one of a a series of world powers that all learned the hard way. They all fell. God's kingdom remains. But Lord, as I mentioned, you cannot read these, these four chapters and understand that the problem here is pride. Pride of accomplishment, pride of success, um, pride of position. Lord, battle our pride. Forgive us of our pride. Convict us of our pride. Humble us. Make us humble. Make us depend upon you. I pray. Amen.